Hi, I'm Matt. I'm Rachel. And welcome to The Tim's Take, episode 15. I was just thinking earlier how crazy it was that in the beginning we would record this podcast when he was just this little bean who would sleep right next to us. We would move the bassinet out into the living room every day and we would just hope that we could record this podcast while he was out because he just slept so much. And now he's such a big boy in his, our room still, but in his own bassinet, his own thing. It just feels like he's been around for a long time. Yeah, it is very different. Early on, I really think we were creating the environment where we felt the most control in, which had previously been the hospital. And we felt the most control in there because there were people who came in and did everything for us, like re-swaddling him. So then we come home and we sort of bring everything into one central area, like we're back in a hospital. (laughs) (laughs) That's true. We had the changing table in the living room, the bassinet, all of it was like a central station. Yeah, but now we're recording this podcast after he's already gone down. Asleep? Asleep. For the night. It's great. Which is, yeah, it's a whole new era. It is. Only 15 weeks in and it's a whole new era, folks. Well, we, as always, reserve the right to change up the format of the podcast anytime. You know, we want to keep the listeners excited, never knowing exactly what they might hear. So we're going back to the classic format, highs, lows, and takes today. Because for whatever reason, this week was just a little jam-packed. Maybe it was Rachel's birthday. It Uh, was my birthday. Well, yes. Okay. It was Rachel's birthday, so maybe that contributed to why it felt more full. I don't know. But as we talked about it, there was just plenty Plenty to to discuss. So let's dive in, shall we? Start us off. Oh, we start with lows usually, don't we? Sure. Okay. This is less a low, and it's more something I'm just processing okay but it felt like it it leaned low and i'm processing within myself whether it should actually be a low and i don't think it should but that is the fact that this week i happened to catch a glimpse of a photo of me from some years ago and in this photo i mean i don't think i looked a healthy skinniness i looked a little bit gaunt a little too much but it did really just have this moment where i thought wow i'm definitely moving into the quintessential dad bod phase of my life and i am still in process with that reality i when i turned 30 i said i want to get in the best shape of my life and i worked out more consistently in my 31st year than I ever had before. You stuck to that goal and you were on a great trajectory until COVID shut down our neighborhood gym. Yeah, until COVID shut down and you start comfort eating and yeah, the rails came off a little bit of the exercise routine. I Still something I'd like to get back into and I don't feel like I'm horribly unhealthy or anything like that. I don't feel bad about myself, but it was like a, wow, I'm, I'm getting older and changing. You said to me, my metabolism has clearly slowed down. Uh, seriously. And then I was in a small group this week, outdoors, socially distanced, where s- someone talks about how they liked in the show Stranger Things, which I haven't seen, but they mentioned that they liked the 80s nostalgia, to which she quickly said, well, not that I was born in the 80s. And then she looks at me kind of slowly and says, sorry, Matt. 
And I realized I was the only person in that group born in the 80s. But it's not like I lived in the 80s at all. I was two. You were born in 88, but still, you're the only one born in that decade at that group. I know. So I don't know if my low... It's not a low. That's what I'm saying. I'm just kind of processing. Maybe this better fit in the take. But culturally, it feels like it fits in the low. I don't actually feel that negative about it. But I am processing what it means that my body's changing. I'm getting older. There is a general lifestyle change that happens when you become a parent. Right. And you're getting older. (laughs) Just rub it in. Just rub it in. I love you just the way you are. Oh, thanks. I'm grateful for that, Rachel. What's your low? Let's move on. My low happened today. Oh, man. So for the first time, honestly, since March, we went into a Target. Shout out curbside pickup for Target. There are not a lot of bright spots over the last couple months in terms of things that have occurred because of the coronavirus, but curbside pickup and its availability at multiple stores is maybe at the top of my list. And so for the past past couple of months, every time we've needed something from Target, we've used their drive up curbside pickup. So you order on the app, you pull up, say I'm here, they bring it out to your car, load it in, done. Which, it's, it's almost like you could have just said you pick it up curbside, but, but there are other curbside experiences in which you have to call someone and it can be tricky. Target oh, is very true. easy in terms of just click the app. I'm here. Boom. Done. Yeah. And it's just been a wonderful experience, especially with a newborn. This is the biggest convenient thing to do. Mm-hmm. And so we've been doing that for the past couple months, but today we decided we needed to get our flu shots and we found out last year that the Target CVSs or I think any CVS, if you get a flu shot, you get a $5 off coupon for your Target purchase. How do you feel about saying this on a nationally heard podcast, including by your mother who works at an independent pharmacy and does not look kindly on CVSs? I asked my independent pharmacy, which I do have one and they don't do immunizations <laughs> as you can tell it's after we put Oliver down for dead okay so the independent pharmacy doesn't do immunizations so yes, we need to go to Target okay that's so we have to go to Target so we go to Target we get our flu shots because Oliver can't get one yet until there are six months so we need to get it in order to protect him I also had the thought today somewhat side note that last year when we went and got our flu shots the first person I ever told that I was pregnant besides oh. you was the target pharmacist. You're right. Because they asked you before you get a flu shot, are you pregnant? And I had to check. Yes. And I found out maybe two days before then that I was pregnant. And so I had to check the box. And I just remember thinking how absurd it is that the first person I'm telling outside of my husband that I'm pregnant is this random pharmacist. She did say congratulations though. Anyway, that was just a side thing. This year, very easy process. Checked no on the pregnancy box. <laughs> And got but just you wait, folks. I know you're thinking, how is this a low? Rachel has talked about the amazing nature of curbside pickup, the importance of getting a flu shot, a $5 coupon. How is this possibly her low for the week? Okay, proceed. Well, so then since we're already in the target at this point, we're like, let's just pick up our few items rather than do our typical curbside pickup. And it is in that let's just pick up a few items that the wrong decision was made. Yes. 
And to be fair, I had a list. We stuck to it. We were not Target browsing. We were oh, not no. dilly-daddling. But Oliver was very unimpressed. And as soon as I went to go find the crushed red pepper flakes in the aisle. After I failed to find them, I do feel like it was maybe a little bit me to blame because it took me a long time looking for them and I still didn't find them. And that meant Oliver was stationary. Yes. For longer than he probably should have been. Never a good thing with this kid. So then he starts screaming. We're going through the aisles trying to find diapers. At one point, Matt bumps into a side thing because he's trying to maneuver a cart, which he hasn't had to do in months, and breaks his sunglasses. This target cart was, it was the Hummer of carts. I have maneuvered a cart. I've maneuvered a Trader Joe's cart, a couple other carts. This thing was... Like I was about to go to war or something in a tank, and it just destroyed my sunglasses. It just kind of melted us all down, this whole Target experience, and we walked out of that Target and said, never again. At one point, I think in the Target, I literally said, I think we just have to run. <laughs> you did. You're like, just get it and go. And that we did. We were yelling at each other through our mask while trying to put on <laughs> a good face for Oliver. It was... Whew. So, moral of the story, curbside pickup, target people for life right here. Yeah. That was my low. That's a good low. Man, that was quite a journey. Congratulations on your first time in the store, Oliver. Moving on to highs. Let's look at the bright side. Let's look at the bright side. Well, your birthday, of course, was just a big high. It was great. We found some, I feel like, good traditions this year. Matt baked me a cake. I like having that tradition of Matt baking me something. It was a delicious chocolate with peanut butter buttercream buttercream frosting made with coffee and cinnamon delicious yep it was good we'll link to the recipe we linked to the recipe already in the last episode well now we we talked about it oh yes well we can confirm delicious it was good with the crispy pearls and you might look at that recipe and think this is gonna be a very rich cake the icing is pretty rich but the cake itself is very subtle yeah a more subtle chocolate cinnamon and so it actually balances out nicely it's not an overwhelmingly rich cake for those of you you know who haven't made it at home yet then we got some takeout lasagna with great ciabatta bread from a place in sacramento and then ate it outside at my in-law's house and it was lovely we had a great time yeah good birthday that was our first real extended time away from Oliver because my parents watched Oliver while we went to their house. It's a weird convol. Don't try to understand it. COVID's too, a strange time. Too, uh, <laughs> it's a strange time, but that is what happened. So it was kind of our first date night. Neither of those things was my high though. Okay. What was your high? My high this week was at one point I came home. I went and I said hi to Oliver and he looked up at me and he said his first word, whoa. 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 It was very adorable. It was very cute. And I'm saying that that was his first word. Startled out of him at the sight of me. I, I like to think it's positive. But it was very cute. It was, it very, was cute. very cute. I had noted that down. And so I thought I didn't want the week to pass without without noting that. What was your high, Rach? My high was every night this week, Oliver oh my goodness. slept through the night. Which is just... Wow. Sooner than I expected. And obviously every family experience is different. Every baby is different. I think every season is going to be different. So for now, I'm just pumped that he slept this week. Who knows what this week will look like. But the first night I was like, maybe this is a fluke that he slept through the night. And then he did it again and again and again. 
and it was great. It was very nice. I can't actually say that I feel noticeably more rested. Right. Because we were only waking up once, and I think our bodies just had adjusted, but it does feel just very satisfying to look at the alarm when you wake up and it says 6 or 7 a.m. Don't you think, though, now if he regresses, we are going to feel it? Oh, we're going to be very annoyed. (laughs) (laughs) So there are downsides to this. There are downsides, yeah. But he slept great, and I feel like that's good for him. It's good for us. Yeah. He's done really well. We started putting him in pajamas this week, too, which he just looks adorable in pajamas. Uh, That's true. It was a major high. That's been huge. And it is amazing. My only comment about that is it's incredible how quickly you get used to it. Two nights of him sleeping through the night, I was like, yeah, no, if he ever wakes up again, I'm not going to be impressed. Yeah. I mean, wakes up again in the middle of the night. I want him to continue to wake up. Yeah, no, I know. It's kind of, we get spoiled and then any kind of reversal would feel a little devastating. Yeah, but it was, you know, maybe it was just a special thing that he gave you for your birthday. It was a nice gift. Thanks, Oliver. (laughs) Good job, Ollie. Okay, my take this week, I'm processing a lot on the podcast. That's good. That's what we're here for. Last night, Rachel asked me, you know, we're having some birthday date-like conversation in my parents' backyard and... Uh, she asked me, do you, I think the question was something like, do you feel like a father? And I just realized how complicated my answer to that was. Because on the one hand, obviously, there is a son in my life. On the other hand, we were talking about this a little bit this week. It's very easy for him to kind of be sort of a project. Like his survival is pretty basic. And that's yes. shifting. He's more and more interactive. Obviously, he smiles and he's starting to talk back to us. And there's moments of interaction, but it's not full time all the time and it's definitely still like okay i've got you know he's taking three or four naps a day so your day really takes on kind of this schedule rhythm that is Mm -hmm. about kind of the bigger picture and not just oh we're just hanging out father and son is more like okay i have to make sure he gets fed and there's these kind of big picture things and so part of my answer is i feel like in some sense this is not that different than just having another thing to do in my day. But I also assume and anticipate that it the sort of father identity will increase as there's kind of increased interaction. But as I was thinking about this for the podcast, I did kind of note down, because I don't know what episode it was, but I was talking about uh, dads who have said, there's nothing for me to do. Sure. And I think I recognize a little bit more as I thought about this, I could empathize maybe a little bit better with that understanding because my identity as his father is just making sure he's okay and caring for him. But I recognize that if you are identifying your sort of fatherly identity with an ideal of what a father would interact with a seven-year-old son. It's just not there yet. You're not going to feel like you're a father at all, even though you are. So I think some of it goes back to the idea of falling in love with your son you both like have to be patient to develop as a father and i could be totally getting this wrong obviously this is my first kid so it could be that if you look at the psychopath test or something it's like oh yeah fails to have a clear fatherly identity from day one check you know but I, i i don't feel like i'm a psychopath and i feel like the more i've normalized the process of developing these senses of identity and relationship for myself, the healthier and more helpful it's been. 
rather than sort of heaping all this pressure on, oh, you know, if in the first three months I don't, yeah, I don't feel sort of fully realized in fatherdom, I've missed out on something. So that's my take. It's both, I think, been helpful for me to process that. That was a good question that you asked last night. And also made me a little bit more empathetic and a little bit more understanding of people who not feeling like there were things for them to do for whatever reason kind of created a little bit more of an identity crisis. So yeah, that's very interesting to connect to those. Yeah. And I do think there a lot of times anyone could check the boxes of his survival. And so you feel responsible. You feel the weight of parenthood in that sense of, yeah, like keeping this kid alive, Mm. but it, doesn't always translate to man i'm this very important person in his life we feel super bonded right um and he's starting to have more moments like that i think there's been a few moments where he's looked at me or you i think the other week he did in the eyes and he just makes like this super strong eye contact or today we were out and i'm holding him and he kind of snuggled into me in a way he's never done before mm-hmm. and those are moments where it feels like oh yeah it's like us he is in this relationship he's comfortable with us in a way he's not with other people yeah you're a safe place for him yeah and that felt more like yeah we're it's a relationship than just anyone could check these boxes and keep him alive mm-hmm. so anyway that's my take it's, it's kind of building on previous takes but it's good to keep thinking through that yep how about you what's your take rage my take i've really thought a lot about what friendships look like in this season as new parents. Obviously, this whole year has brought a bunch of different dimensions to friendships in general and some changes among what we can and can't do and how to build relationships, all of that. But I think especially as new parents in the last couple of weeks, we've tried to see a few more people, tried to do things that are sustainable for our mental, emotional health long-term, and obviously do that as safely as we can with a kid and for ourselves. But starting to do some of that and realizing we're coming up to these limitations of, I think, hanging out with people that didn't exist before. So you're talking to someone and all of a sudden Oliver needs you and there's not a mute button that you can press <laughs> or there's not like let's just power through and keep talking you have to be there and address his needs and i'm the kind of person who will often ignore my own needs for social interaction for mm. engagement because that's something i really love and something i care about I'm not saying it's always the healthiest but with a newborn you really can't just ignore that One, because he's very loud. He'll escalate. (laughs) And two, because that's obviously an irresponsible thing to do as a parent. And I just find this balance of new parents needing to show up to things. There is responsibility on us to say, of course, it is easier to stay home. It was a really nice two months where we've really just laid low and we watched a lot of TV and hung out with Oliver and you didn't have to pack all the bags and deal with awkward situations with a baby who's now crying and all these things and so it's on us to like be willing to show up to those things and engage in some of that uncomfortableness and it's also on other people in whatever life stage they're at to also do that and I've just been really grateful for the people who have kind of stuck with us and said yeah you're gonna have a kid you have a kid 
and it's more complicated than it was before because we're in the middle of a conversation and now your baby's crying and I get that that's hard and it's not easy to be our friends right now (laughs) if I'm being honest and I'm just really struck and grateful for the people who have committed to that and committed to waiting through this messy new time as we figure things out with us and it's a hard thing both parties have to show up and it's different than it was before and I'm processing all that yeah I mean it's a hard thing yeah I think sometimes it highlights friendships can have seasons where and sometimes it's just that the friendships have depths in certain seasons right not that the whole friendship goes away but just that it shifts yeah because for whatever reason one party or the other isn't able to show up but i mean we've talked a lot about kind of the processing of of losses but there is also i think the sweet gain of then people who are willing to be patient and you're able to bring them into this part of your life and that's a sweet thing to share as well right so yeah and i not i don't say that to say that everyone needs to give up everything or sacrifice to meet us where we're at. Yeah, yeah, yeah. More right. just to say I'm grateful for the people who are able to do that in this season. Yeah, and, and not everyone is. And yeah, and to lament that I feel the limitations on my energy levels, my ability to hold multiple thoughts and relationships <laughs> in the season because I'm trying to take care of a kid. And that's, you know, that's a sad thing for me to have be more complicated right now. So, yeah, there's a lot to think about through all that. Well, I, for one, think you're doing great. Thanks. <laughs> yeah. Cool. There's, there was some serious processing. Yeah. Whoops. <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean, in this episode, not just there. But, yeah, not only was it a full week, but I think it was a full week in terms of just reflections as well, which birthdays tend to bring up, of course, right? Yep. Well, shall we call it? Yeah. That's week 15. Week 15. There is a bonus episode. Here's incentive. If you listen to this in some form where you are not subscribed to the podcast, you'll want to subscribe to the podcast because this week, midweek, there's the first bonus episode of the Tim's Take ever being released with the first ever guests. So you might want to check it out. Subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. Well, on that note, I'm Matt. I'm Rachel. And that is your Tim's Take.